Hello and welcome to episode five of Swiping Left or Right with Nick and Carrington. I'm Nick here in Melbourne. I'm Carrington in Sydney. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about Kanye West to run for president, the powerhouse backflip, Eden Monaro recap, the latest on the corona, and what that's all about. Hey Nick, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Just getting used to lockdown life again over here. I'm in the, the city of Melbourne. So um, it was the coronavirus hotspot um, up until a couple of days ago. And now Hume and Wyndham have overtaken us um, in terms of the number of cases again. But um, it's certainly very much... Hume and Wyndham aware exactly for people that listen. So Hume, Hume's north, the Hume Freeway is sort of where it gets its name. So yeah, it's so the large um, municipality to the top of Melbourne and Wyndham's um, Werribee, so the west, um, you know, the sort of large growth corridor out towards Geelong. And last time we spoke, we talked about shutting down the New South Wales border. I, I said I was mm. in favour of it and that it needed to happen. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm glad that it did. Yeah, just on that... Um, you can't really call it closed when there's 50,000 crossings a day. The, it's it's a tokenistic closure. Um, it's just to make people in Sydney have a false sense of security. It's so easy to get across. You can, you can live in Albury, travel down to Melbourne, go back to Albury, then give it to your aunt who then travels up to Sydney. It's, it's a joke. Like a border, if you want to know what a border is, go to... Um, the DMZ in Korea, or maybe where's another good one? Um, Berlin in 1985. What about the Mexico? Murray River is not is not a border. Sorry so, to break it to you. Well, I mean, there's gigantic Murray cod. I mean, that's a good way to deter someone <laughs> from swimming across. <laughs> did you did you hear about the stowaways in on the on the train? People were. Kick- jumping on the train to to get um to get no, through the border no, <laughs> on freight trains yeah apparently that's crazy that's crazy i didn't hear that at all but um yeah. look it, which is it, very it, similar it, to what you see in the channel tunnel um for uk oh, right. and europe what yeah. the on the eurostar yeah there's a huge issue if, if you yeah sort of where in dover where the channel comes out there's always issues there with people getting off like climbing under trucks and that type of thing to get across because obviously the uk is not part of shenzhen so it's okay um, interesting interesting stuff but look Mm. it's not tokenistic uh it's important look i understand there's um interchange travel between albury and wodonga that's important those two um towns are you know basically the one town it's really important i mean of course they wouldn't Mm. say that but they are they are reliant upon each other for economic reasons. Uh, so, you know, there there is a, is some good um, reasons for that. But look at what we're seeing. We're now seeing through epidemiology that we have issues with our state. Um, coronavirus tally. We're now up to double digits every day, um, beneath twenty, thankfully. But they've all been traced back to a Victorian person. And another thing, oh yes, to one of those Victorian people. Oh, I am so ashamed. No, but I mean, you've got to you've got to give credit where credit's due to the health officials who are tracing this back in this state, this glorious state of New South Wales. Uh, yeah, the genomics is, is brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's you know I think I mentioned this last week. It's um, it's really mind blowing how they can 
literally draw a sort of a family tree of of the virus just because of the way it mutates. It's it is it is amazing. I have to tell you something funny about that. Uh, there was some people I know who went up to Queensland for a holiday uh, this this week, and three days ago they had to hire a car, and for some reason that car had Victorian number plates on it still from the oh, car yes. hire agency. Yeah, so rentals what you, are always what, a menagerie of state plates, yeah. What do you think happened when they uh, were driving around in a Victorian number plate car in Queensland up near Toowoomba? Oh, no. Lots of dirty looks. Oh, yes, <laughs> and banging and screaming out the window. Yeah, oh, no. good old Queenslanders. We have so much to, put, uh, to thank for them. They're great, great state, Queensland. <laughs> Certainly your party has a lot to thank for that state. My party? I think I belong to a different division of the party. I think I belong to the New South Wales division, not the Queensland division. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Let's get on to this week's uh, topic, the first topic, uh, Kanye West to run for President of the United States. What do you think? When I read it, I just sort of dismissed it, to be honest. I thought, okay, yeah, amusing. I know it went off on Twitter and, and all that, but... Oh, Twitter rally, of course. Well, I just, uh, I guess I'm, I'm a bit naive. Like, when I saw Donald Trump running, that was, that was like, oh, God, that will never happen. Uh, well, that's the thing, so, right? Yeah, maybe... This is yeah. what I said to a lot of people. They didn't know, they didn't realise that Trump, Trump actually ran the time before the current time that he ran in 2016. People said to me, oh, I thought he just snuck in in 2016. I'm like, no, he, he actually ran uh, the election beforehand. And as an, I think, I don't know if it was in, no, I think, no, he ran for the Republican primaries and he didn't win. Uh, Mitt Romney won. Right. So, so I think Kanye, who is also friends with Donald Trump, I don't know if he's still friends with Donald Trump, thought to himself, well, you know, um, Trump did it the first time. I'm going to have to do it a few times to be serious about this, to see if it's even possible. Uh, you know, he might be riding on the coattails of Black Lives Matter um, and thinking potentially, you know, he has a whole big supporter base there. He's rationally minded in some, in some respects. And therefore, he has an opportunity to have a campaign for the White House in 2024. But I think, um, from what I'm seeing tonight, he's just pulled out of the race as a breaking news update. He's reportedly dropped out of the 2020 presidential race less than two weeks after announcing his bid. Doesn't say why. Really? Um, okay, yeah, so yeah. just a, a question for you, Carrington. What you you put this on the um, agenda for tonight? Um, what mm. what was it that sort of? Why did you want to bring it up? Well, I just thought this is an interesting um, opportunity for someone who's close to the president, um, has very much supported him. Is a man of colour that supported the president, uh, mm, where mm. most of the left absolutely abhor him and constantly hate him um, for any particular reason. Anything that goes wrong in the United States, it's Trump's fault. Um, and look, look, Trump is a lot of things and has certainly um, performed poorly, especially during this pandemic. And he certainly, he certainly would not have my vote anymore because of this and the way he's performed and the way he's treated the whole situation. And the way he's continually um, supported uh, divisiveness in the United States, I think that's really quite sad. But Kanye is someone who has this pop culture phenomenon. He is um, very much part of the Kardashian family, who is 
very much in the hearts and minds of Americans um, who are, love the whole materialism culture. And they can ride mm. on the back of that. They can ride on their success and the votes and fan bases and, and that would translate to votes for them potentially. But can they win over the electoral colleges? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, who would have thought Trump would have won over the electoral colleges? I mean, how many times was there a CNN article or a New York Times article that said, when are the Republicans going to dismiss Trump as a viable candidate for presidency? Of course, they never did. And he won the presidential election in 2016. So you have to, you have to run a, couple, a time before at least. You have to raise the campaign funds and the money to do it. Um, and maybe that's what's sort of drawing Kanye not to run uh, because maybe it's about money that he doesn't want to let go of. We'll have to wait and see. But he hired, he hired um, an election strategist to help him with the campaign bid. Um, but, you know, it seems like tonight we're hearing that he's dropped out. Good time to do it at 43. Um, but he's already missed the deadline in several states to run this time around. So he would definitely have to run as an independent. And uh, would he get an embarrassing figure for the votes? Oh, uh, did, did he? Is, is he a member of the Republican Party? I don't know if he is or not, but he would have to run as a, as an independent because they've already endorsed um, um, Trump, of course, for president. So they can't. Well, yeah, they can't they run never, primaries. They, they never. Well, they can't run primaries. It's not being incumbent. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Yeah, exactly. They can't go against the incumbent unless there was something seriously wrong with the incumbency. Like he had been impeached not just in the uh, Senate but in the House of Reps as well which is the, no, it was the other way around, wasn't it? It was in the House of Reps that he was impeached, but not in the Senate. Yeah, he didn't have a majority there, yeah. You haven't said much about it. I'm guessing you don't have much to say. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of the man, um, and I don't think he'd do a particularly good job, but maybe better than the one that's there at the moment. Look, I, I, I don't, it doesn't seem serious to me. Now, and now we've, now he's pulled out anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I... Um, think that given the chance in 2024, he would he would seek the um, Republican nominee. Um, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's sort of just posturing for later. Well, that's, I think he's just trying to um, emulate Trump, to be honest. So I think uh, I'm going to say I'm swiping left against this one because I would not vote for Kanye West and I don't like the Kardashians. I don't like what they represent, which is a materialistic culture. And I'm swiping left for this. Let's move on to the um, Powerhouse Museum. And the Baris, Gladys Berejiklian, she was quite adamant. No, we need it out west. The west has no museums. Let's sell up to our, you know, her biggest supporters, the property developers, that beautiful site. Um, is it Ultimo, that suburb? Whatever, we're near yeah, there. It is, near the ABC. Near the the blessed ABC, um, there. Yeah, I, I thought I don't think any. I, th I think no one in Australia thought it was a good idea. I used to love that museum. I remember as a kid always wanting to go up to Sydney to see it, and then when I did, I was thrilled to hear that the government was just closing it or to, to move it. Seemed crazy, and I, 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 other than the premier, I don't see any. Didn't hear anyone else really talk in favour of it. Yeah, th thank God she saw sense at the end. Well, the Powerhouse Museum would have, would certainly benefit the West and the, it takes a long time for the, West, the people in the West 
to come into the city and they don't obviously need to necessarily come into the city. Sydney has two metropolitan cities now, or two metropolitan CBDs. One is Parramatta and the other is the Sydney CBD. The Sydney CBD is quite boring on weekends. It's quite boring during the week unless you're there for business. Uh, but everywhere else, the villages, which is what makes so why, Sydney So why close it? Why, why get rid of a museum then? Why so, detract from central so, Sydney? So with the Powerhouse Museum, let's let's create one in the West give, or give the rest of the museum to showcase um, what a museum is all about. And to move it from um, Ultimo, uh, the left rose up against that. They didn't like the idea of it moving, being moved because of the arts uh, people and the industry wanting to keep it where it was um, mm. for symbolic reasons, really. They just wanted to keep it where it was. Uh, you ask somebody on the street, uh, have you been to the Powerhouse Museum? You know, they're likely to say no. Uh, maybe one out of really? ten people would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that they went there as a kid, um, but not, not recently not, and not any time uh, in the last ten years. And that gives, that gives pause for me to think that potentially I did the research on this and they found that there was not many numbers of people going there. The new design in Parramatta is outstanding. I don't know if they're going to go ahead um, with another one anyway, um, but it looked sensational. It had a really great architectural design. So if it doesn't go ahead in Parramatta, it would be a real shame. But at the same time, look, I think they lost political capital. There's a lot of stuff happening right now at with COVID, and I think that the government's focus is elsewhere and they didn't want another fight on their hands. Um, with a museum uh, where, you know, the arts industry has been hit really hard during COVID. So why mm. try and prosecute the case to move something where the um, arts industry, I mean, I think you would call a museum part of the arts industry, where you would call the arts industry, where you would call uh, a museum out, move it out to Parramatta where it probably wouldn't be needed um, as favourably as it would be in a city right now. Uh and it's not probably been proven enough. I don't know that it's been proven enough that it needs to be in Parramatta. Um, I don't. I haven't. I don't know anyone out in the in the wild west of Sydney suburbs that says that they want another museum out there or a new museum out there. I'm sure they do, but look, at the end of the day, these things need to have political will and political capital. And if it's not there, um, be pragmatic and and uh, put out a fire when you can put out a fire, or or put out a potential fire. If it's about to become one. Yes, well, I guess you could say that some good things do come out of this um, pandemic, and that's uh, support to the inner city arts and culture and STEM. Most importantly, STEM. You know, it is ultimately a STEM museum. That's what it's mm. all about, and that's something that Australia sorely needs. It it just nonsense to try and cut back and curtail that type of things. You know, well, no, I so disagree many... there. That's actually where it's more valuable out in the West. Is for people who are studying STEM of different multi-ethnical um, uh, races who reside out in the West that want to study STEM. And it would be a huge benefit to them to have a museum out there that can inspire them to become an engineer or become a scientist in some field. Um, yeah, but why why remove it from inner, inner Sydney? You're saying inner Sydney people should just do do law and whatever inner city. I'm not saying that do. at all. I'm just saying it's a great opportunity to inspire. Yet, yet more in art students, more art students for inner city. 
Well, I mean, there's already a lot of art students in the inner city, isn't there? Exactly. Let's encourage science. Well, yeah, but I, I, I would say that the government did do research on this and they found that no one was not the numbers that we're visiting were very low i can't i don't know where to swipe on this one nick i think um i think uh, i'm, I'm going to swipe, swipe well, left i mean i i'm swiping on the side of the government uh to make that, that decision they've made the right decision um so therefore i'd be swiping right on that but in terms of uh moving not moving it then i'm swiping left because i think it's i think it also has good benefit to the area of Sydney that needs another, uh, you know, a STEM museum essentially. Great. Okay, let's move on to the by-election, the federal by-election we recently had, the Eden Monaro, the electorate down the sort of southern eastern tip of New South Wales, encompassing Eden and um, Queanbeyan and Jindabyne and Cooma. Yes, as well. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big electorate. Yeah, depending on what news channel you follow, it sort of mm. governed the outcome. Like if you watch Sky News, it, it was um, Media Watch this week made a good point about it. But okay. if yeah, if it was on Sky, you would think it was Scott Morrison's biggest victory ever. And then if you watched ABC, it was well, no, Labor's won. Um, how it's not a liberal victory at all. Um, yeah, so uh, you you as an avid Sky News contributor and viewer, what, what's your sort of take on it? Do you, do you, are you seeing it through rose-coloured glasses like that? Well, are? I think it was completely wrong of um, Barilaro on Sky. So he said on postal votes that, that the Liberal candidate Fiona Kotvoiz would win the seat. Now, she was a tremendous and terrific candidate. She spoke very well and brilliantly, yes. and she really prosecuted her case. She was very inspiring to women, especially regional women of that electorate. And I, and I thought she just did an amazing speech. Um, yeah, her, she, her con concession speech or whatever you want to call it, her non-concession speech, that, yeah. that really moved me. I thought, yeah, she was very inspiring, very, very articulate, um, yeah, a, a great orator, so relatable, um, Yes. Yeah, a, a, great, a great talent to any political party and particularly your party, which seems bereft of talent at a federal level in many portfolios. She oh, would have been a great addition. Uh, so she's great for those reasons that you mentioned and she would make a great um, a member of the team in government, hopefully at the next election when we win back Eden Monaro. So uh, listen, based off of what they said, look, yes, Labor won the, at the end of the day. They only just won. We had a swing to us, two-party preferred and first-party preferred. First time, I think, in history for a by-election where it's been so dramatically close like this in the 100-year history. Sorry, 1.3% swing to the Liberals per, on first preferences and 0.5% two-party preferred. So not a bad effort, Nick. Yeah, but you had lots of things in your favour. You had the electoral... Um redistribution which moved in favor of the liberal party and we lost our our candidate oh, um, colonel yeah that that, that no that that apparently did and then obviously we had a well, we have um, had a redistribution a, a, the 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 redistribution from i think it, the was 2016 the one before the yeah last but there's been election. an election before then Last yeah, two. but it's it's made it increasingly easy for you guys to win, 
And we also had a, you know, really that military colonel was a very appealing candidate. <laughs> so a sterling, well, well loved. Well, not not the colonel from from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I just that's what you just said. Yeah, he was he was actually a colonel, wasn't he? The colonel was. Colonel yeah, yeah, Colonel Sanders mm. or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, uh, Mike Kelly. Uh, was, yeah, that's him. Was very favoured by yeah. the people in that electorate, and uh, Christy McBain is also the bigger uh, mayor. So she's already well established. She was a star candidate, and what? And, and the people down there would have been like, "Well, we don't really feel the need to make change. This is a by-election brought on by somebody retiring. So let's give the same mob another go." Um, but there was a vote and swing in favour to the Liberals. So it's a great effort. So Nick, the latest on Corona. Uh, two weeks ago, we were seeing a. Uh, well, it's a little less than two weeks ago when we last um, had our podcast episode four, we talked about shutting down the border because of the Victorian cases that were rising. And now you've had um, over 200 nearly every day. And I think at one point you nearly had 300. And it's just shocking and scary. And it sounds like it may have all arisen from one single person who was the security guard at that hotel. And mm-hmm, what's more mm-hmm. startling is that there was an exclusive in the SMH, as or your counterpart, The Age, that said that the government knew about it, that Dan Andrews and his team may have known about it. So what do you say about that? And what do you say about your state and being in lockdown? Tell us what that's about. And, and breaking news, everyone, Nicholas has had a COVID test. Have you got the results yet? No, I have not had the results. It's now been over 48 hours. They did say it would be up to three days. Um, you know, I, I, when I went in for the test, I just had a tickle in my throat. So I thought it would be good to to do the right thing. You know, we're meant to get tested for any any slightest yeah. of symptoms. Yeah. Um, but as I was not a known contact, that my, I think my test gets deprioritized. So if it was... Yeah, so I should go to the bottom of the pile. So I should hopefully get the result tomorrow. Um, I've had to quarantine myself. So once you, if you're if you're symptomatic and get a test, you you are expected to go straight home and stay inside and distance yourself from anyone else if you live with people. And yeah, um, yeah. that's good. I'm glad to hear that you've been doing that. And fingers crossed, you're okay. I'm sure you are. If they if you haven't heard from them already. Um, Otherwise, you'll be another number in this Victorian mm. syndrome statistic. Of yeah. So, so just for the listeners' interest, you know, I am. There was a cluster at the Hugo Boss, you know, the German suit manufacturer. Oh, was there? Um, their store, which is literally a hundred meters from my from my flat here. Yeah, in, I've in shopped the city. there. Yeah, yeah, have you? Yeah, so yeah, I love it. That that was another reason why I went in to get tested. Is it's you know the virus is around me, <laughs> <Da-da-da>. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, um, but in terms of um, the yeah the 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 outbreak here, it, it is it is increasingly disturbing. Brett Sutton, our, our I think is the chief health officer. Health. I always get confused between health and medical officer. The, yeah. the one who's in all the um, media briefings each day, he he's meant he mentioned in this morning's that 
this is a very different situation to the first wave or, you know, the first peak which we observed back in March, April. Mm. And la largely in that, you, you're having, you know, cu couples flying back from overseas that, you know, they know they were at risk. They quarantined or went into hotel quarantine a, a bit later down the track if they came. Um, they people knew who sort of they were in contact with they may have had a dinner party with another couple and you know that's easy to trace easy to lock down so it yeah. was a very controllable situation everyone know knew that so and so had been to greece or been to italy you know this time it's no one's been overseas it, every it's all local and it it's in it's in the the suburbs with you know a huge overseas born population that have very large family units. So you're having these enormous family gatherings and large households where there's a lot of physical contact, a lot of a lot of that yes. going on. So it's very hard. And, and you don't know that your colleague had just had a massive family gathering on the weekend, but you would know if that colleague had been overseas. So it's, yeah. it's much different. And there's so many of these clusters and as I mentioned at the start of the show, the city of Melbourne's now dropped back and it's picking up again in terms of new cases in these in these northern and western suburbs. And it, it is a real concern. And there definitely is not, there's no clarity in terms of a pathway out. It's, it's sort of like, let's just try what worked before and cross our fingers, it works. And that's sort of so where should, we're at. And should you, should you be locked down? I mean... It's a great question to ask, I think. I mean, we're not taking yeah. that approach up here. Yeah. Um, my my take in uh, on it is, look, we know that works. Let's let's go to back what go back to what works. Hopefully it does. Well, let, let's just question my, that for one moment because it doesn't work. Yeah. The Black Lives yeah. Matter protests happened and mm -hmm. they all went out and now they've been traced to those towers. Two people have been traced back to spreading the yeah, disease yep. in those towers who attended a Black Lives rally. So shouldn't they, shouldn't the protesters be held, uh, sorry, the protest organisers, shouldn't they be held culpable for this? Shouldn't they be, well, held, be held responsible? And shouldn't yeah, the I, authorities as well for allowing it to go ahead? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm probably going to break ranks a bit with, you know, the, the, the Labour Party here. I. I don't think there was enough action to actively discourage. Daniel Andrews, in his defense, he did say, do not go, say. stay yeah. home. He said it a couple of times, but, you know, like there was court, there was a court case, wasn't there? There was an actual, they, they blocked the protest or tried well, that to. that was in New South, New South Wales. Wales. Yeah, yeah in New South Wales. Yeah. yeah, but like it's, the, it's those sorts of things that send a message. Mm. And there, there just wasn't, like I... I'm going to sound a bit authoritarian here, but we're in such such a, a critical crisis with the potential of enormous loss of life through directly corona and then through isolation issues and depression and mental health. There's so much, so much at stake here. Little things like a little protest here, That's a little right. family gathering there right. yeah. just can't happen. No. And the main issue, if you look at if you look at what is causing the spread it's not people following there is a little bit of people following the rules like the abattoirs we've got about two or three abattoir outbreaks now that's there's nothing sort of um 
you know, criminal or, you know, illegal being done there. They're just going to work and and it's that environment. But so much of what's of the spread has been through people not socially distancing, enormous gatherings that, you know, were above the the 10 people cap. There's, it's, oh yeah, the the protests. It's sort of, it, it does make you think that maybe if everyone just did the right thing, I know it's a bit, you know, idealistic. If everyone just did the right thing, we could still have restaurants open for small numbers of people. Um, so there's the, I guess. Well, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, it's not really all those people's faults that they're spreading. Yeah, and certainly the. Well, it, it was. It came down to one person spreading it. You can socially distance as much as you want, or what I like to call physical distance, as much as you like. But what it comes down to is if. If, if you're that one person that goes home who is the carrier and you have a family of five and then one of those people in that family of five goes and meets another family of, of one person that's from a family of ten, it just spreads out of control and, you know, it's it's too late. Well, to Carrington, it wasn't a family of five. It was a family of 80. Was it really? It wasn't. It, it was an enormous family gathering. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. In direct defiance of of the rules, but to their defence, if they're seeing on the TV ten thousand people gathering outside my place oh, here why on would the they, street, why wouldn't they? With no they social can't. distancing, exactly. and you you know you're with your loved ones that you know and trust, you're not yeah. you're going to be like, well, it's fine. So then, but this family isn't I, the only family that's spread. Uh, yeah, that, but there's been you that, know, then another big clusters. family, then another big yeah. family. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. But we haven't the, seen that like haven't happened in the other states. It's just happened. Yeah. In but there's not that like I know like going back to medieval days, the way you got people to do the right thing is you would, you know, hang someone quarantine. and leave their, their body hanging on the well, on the blocks, right? Well, well less like, extreme, it, they quarantine people uh, during the black plague. I, I know, I know, but like for, for, for law, for enforcement when there's something really pivotal. Oh yeah, yeah. I see where you're getting you know, to. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not advocating for for something like that, but it's <laughs> people, people, like there's there's the there's the let's say there's eighty percent of people that do the right thing in society that you you know that you say the law is this they will do it. The problem with this virus is it only takes twenty percent of the population to disregard the rules and yeah. it spreads and it keeps yeah. spreading and it's you know wildly infectious as Daniel Andrews keeps calling it. That there needs to be some, you know, there needs to be some really hard-worded or almost draconian enforcement of the law to make this 30 percent of the population. Sounds like it needs to be and, a better marketing campaign for brand awareness. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what, but he is changing the tune a bit with like, okay, the time for warnings has passed. It's now time for the police to start issuing fines, and that's creeping up. And I just think. Like Daniel Andrews is a lovely, nice guy, um, but maybe that could have been slightly part of his downfall. He's been a bit too nice with the whole thing, and having someone say, "Look, no, no gatherings. You, if there's a family gathering of eighty, you're all getting ar- arrested or something like that. Like just some really harsh yeah, language." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that comes down to the fines and people who have been fined and who have got off their fines, and you know. Yeah, and that's coming up now. But yeah. this should have been happening a month ago because, as you know, like the virus numbers today were how it was a week ago or more. So yeah, 
but it hasn't really come down yet. People are saying to me, oh, you know, yeah. don't worry, this is just their spike, it's going to come down, but it's still not coming down in Victoria. And, and yeah, it's worth mentioning that the areas where it's still growing hugely are the areas that were in lockdown earlier, you know, those 13 suburbs or right. LGAs or whatever, they, they're the ones where it's grow- taking off still. And they've been in lockdown now for, what, a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that is a concern definite concern there yeah absolutely and you know i mean this comes down to the management of the victorian government as well and how they've performed i mean don't you think that they could have performed a lot better and don't you think that maybe uh if yeah they knew about i don't certain situations why did they allow these things to happen yeah there's there's probably some um like the I stand with Dan the, the, social media the, thing was just the most stupid thing the, I had seen on, on Oh Twitter well, last week. well that that was in response to one of your supporting bodies, like I think one of the Chamber of Commerces or someone right. say, oh, he should should stand down now. He's done such an atrocious job. There's nothing he's done that's intentionally malicious that would warrant that. It's things no. like you know decisions that probably in hindsight could have been made better. So, um, you know. D- uh, appointing the department of precincts and regions to administer the hotel quarantine it's like that's a bit quirky like why not get the police to do it like or or even the feds the feds just say this is a this is a border an international border leave it to um border force something like that nonetheless victoria has always had the toughest restrictions of any state or territory and he was he is the chief commander-in-chief of his state and he oversaw the decision-making process that enabled that, those lockdown rules. And he didn't yeah, but on, these... and he didn't loosen them up. So people have naturally no, well, he did loosen seen... it up. That's that's actually well, wrong. We much. went from not we went from much. zero to we went from zero still... to twenty people in a restaurant, yes, and it was after that it was after that that this happened. And as we've seen in state. New South Wales. You guys are just a tinderbox waiting to go off because well, you have maybe you're essentially not you're essentially not locked. Look at look at that hotel. Yes, that's that's very concerning. But that's nothing that that has nothing to do with the government uh, who appointed Yes, it is. The there was no enforcement. Team. They haven't been able to trace. It's been a week and a half. They haven't been able to trace. It's been a week the and hotel, a half. The, the hotel third, had the, the names of people on the register who were. They didn't them. have an exhaustive list. It was it was only about half. Okay. It was. It's atrocious. It, that is an atrocious neglect of of enforcing the rules. And you guys are just your, um, you guys are just government. lulled into this false sense of security. None of you are. You're, you guys are as immune to this disease as, as we are. And you have of no course. social. You have basically no social distancing. Did you see the Krispy Kreme queue? You see no, the, the queues for that. the pubs. Absolutely. You guys watch out because it's coming, and. There is not enough being done up there. Is that a, is that a warning from you or Dan Andrews that it's coming? It, it's a it's a warning from science. You know, someone okay. who, read, who studies oh. science. Okay, so you're a scientist now. Um, I did study science at uni. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Okay. Okay. But that doesn't mean that your government isn't culpable for what's gone out of control in your. Oh, state. there's absolutely mistakes made, but. It's, a, it's an absolute fallacy to think that you guys are doing a better job just because you don't have it yet. Well, I mean, it has been spread by a Victorian after we shut Did, the borders. Exactly. Who's, so, who's guarding go. the border, Carrington? Who's, guarding, <laughs> who's, who's responsible for border of New South Wales? 
not well, Victoria. I, that was very clearly true, um, true. laid but out. I thought, the I thought the police were on both sides of the border trying to assess you. No, no, and... it's not. No, it's you guys. They, Gladys kindly, you know, offered to police it because okay. to free up resources here. Well, the guy had a caravan. I don't know how he managed to get through. It was mm. certainly not great. Keep the Victorians yeah. in Victoria. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I totally agree with that. Until, uh, until it's yeah, all over. Limit, but, I limit mean, the spread. But, that, but, that, this moves, but this moves to this other um, issue that I'm now seeing from the Karens on Facebook this week, and very much in particular in your state, and, and from doctors as well in your state who are dealing with it on the front line. Mm. I'm really quite um, flummoxed as to why they're saying this, which is, let's go for an elimination strategy rather than a suppression. Mm. I, I think there's a, there, there is a lot of validity to that. The reality is, it, it's, we, we seem to not be able to limit the spread unless we're locked down. You know, this suppression strategy, it's almost like a, 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 a fictional construct. But we nearly, we nearly the, the idea that we can, we can have restaurants open, we can have gatherings, we can have everything we want and just have this little bit of Corona bubbling away and, you know, uh, testing it and instantly knowing everyone who has it and then telling them to stay home and then they stay home. And then, uh, you know, only a little one person of that gets out and it just sort of trickles. It's not how the virus works. It's it's an, it's quite a binary thing. It's either on or off. Right, it's either the curves either going but... down to zero or the curves going exponentially up. And we or don't plateauing. seem to be able to have we don't seem to be, well, we can sort of plateau a bit, but we, with well, with lockdown, well, the only time we've, yeah, we've well, really made really, the curve go down is lockdown. You, well, no, well, no, I mean... Northwest Tasmania, lockdown. New South Wales with Ruby Princess, lockdown. Us here now, that's what we're doing, lockdown. Well, we didn't There's really never have been a lockdown. A, we had, we didn't, we yes, had you these, did. We, had, we didn't have lockdowns. We had... Yes, you did. You have the same as what we have now. Yeah. Your your pubs were closed. Your gyms were closed. Yeah. Um, you had to true. work from home. Yeah. Public transport, you know, was no. You didn't have to work from home. It was only if you, your employer, or your business chose to work from home. We didn't have to work from home. It was just okay. Well, here here you have to if you can. So with the um, but with... but yeah, I I do think it's a it's an important like. It just doesn't. I know I'd love can't. as much as anyone to have yeah. everything open and then just have like the problem with testing. You just don't. It takes sometimes five days to get symptoms, then for yeah. someone to get tested. And as I yeah. can demonstrate personally, it can take three days to get the results. So that's eight days. And that's yes, what we've seen with time. that hotel in, in southwest New South Wales, southwest Sydney, is that. They didn't even know about it till a week after. And now now look at all the areas in it's it's like have you seen the map of Sydney where there's possible well, where the hotels and venues are being closed? It's just urban Sydney is just covered now. It's yeah. just it's it's nuts. And that's the problem with the virus. In an in an ideal world, you would know instantly if someone has it and they could instantly be sent home and yeah. great. But that's not but what this happens. This all started from international travellers leaving their hotels earlier than they should have or mingling with security guards and had they have look you, can, you can't go ahead with an elimination strategy unless you allow sorry unless you block anyone returning home to australia or you put them in some sort of oh it's nothing offshore processing it's not facility 
it's not even that now, Carrington. It's 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 here. It's it's community spread. It's not even that that international thing was would have applied if we were but talking I'm just saying about this to, back no, but you've got to look at it March. you've got to no but you've got to look at it long term right so the virus as you say is not going anywhere it's everywhere around the world right so you can't go for an elimination strategy unless you've got a vaccine in play which is probably New, New Zealand did it Western Australia did it South Australia did it Tasmania's done it so I keep hearing this but that is because those states are smaller states with less population and less people returning to them. So New Zealand could have Okay, do you know how many international to get yeah, out. do you know how many international flights Tasmania receives? None. They they don't no. still don't have an international yeah. airport. They're exactly. working on it. Which is not Do you know do you know which state has the highest positive test rate? Tasmania. Because of that northwest cluster. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't It's community the fact transmissions that... the issue now. Yes, I'm I'm that's I don't disagree with you that that's not the problem. I'm saying to you, what is the preferred option? Elimination or suppression going forward? Because I don't think that you can ever fully eliminate this virus without a vaccine. And I don't think that we're anywhere near close to um, developing one. It, 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 I guess my point is, is there, there's either a, a lockdown till it's essentially eradicated or just let it rip. There's, there doesn't seem to be a middle ground here. So you want New South Wales to lock down as well? Potentially, yes. Okay, it may well. be. It may be too late now. I don't, like, think I don't we, want I don't this. Think I'm no long. I'm not an advocate. You know, I don't. It's a horrible, horrific yeah. thing on people's mental health. It's terrible. But it may be. It just. It just. This. It's. It just seems an an ideal that that can't actually happen. Having this sort of suppression, it just doesn't seem to have be a thing. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. I mean, if you look at the um, hospital beds, they've created 3,000 ICU beds in New South Wales, and I think there's only wow. like five or eight being in those beds at the moment. So we are, we are able to handle uh, should it spread and spread bad, mm. and maybe we need to lock down those suburbs um, for a period of a week if it gets out of control. Yeah, but Carrington, that's, that's how we thought we could do it, and look what's happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's different in Victoria. I mean, a lot of those suburbs, it was reported that, that were locked down. They didn't believe in the virus and they ignored government yeah. orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that is a big issue. And that's why that brings me back to this sort of authoritarian sort of inspired thing where there's a subset true. of the population that doesn't respond to Daniel Andrews getting on ABC News 24 every morning and saying, look, guys, do the right thing for everyone. That just doesn't resonate with subsets of society. It it never has. It's the wrong. It's a carrot. You need there has to be sticks. And I think he's he's realizing that now. These are this is this is such a big deal. And it's, you know, to use a worn out phrase desperate times desperate measures yes there needs to be some sort of it would be an incredibly hard job i can understand that at the moment it would be an incredibly hard job and i can certainly sympathize but um could it have been managed better from the outset i think the answer is yes but i don't know that this is an issue that we can really swipe left or right on the latest coronavirus update we're talking about tonight because it's here. Yeah, we're, we're talking it through. Um, we wanted to talk through these issues tonight, and I think we have done that quite well. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's it's. I think you know, no one wants this. Well, yeah, no one wants this virus. No one wants to be locked down. Um, it the, both sides of politics have made huge blunders, um, and it's yeah. There's, I don't know where. Yeah, it's right to to take a side here. Um, sure. We we did have okay. a listener suggestion, just Carrington, on this. Um, yeah. The. He asks, "What what does the like? What's happening with the security guard at? I think it was the Stamford or the Ridges, that you know allegedly slept with the you know the international rival. Where's the you know? Well, I imagine. The penalty? I imagine. Well, the penalty is he would be a, he would be without a job. I would say, at that current employer that he would have had. I would I would imagine, because I would believe that that would be misconduct. Yeah, but." Ca- Carrington, like the security industry, there's so many operators. Is that really a punishment? It'd be like uh, saying you're, yeah, you're work, yeah, you work at McDonald's and you can't work at that outlook, that outlet, but you can well, work at, at the one up the road. It's misconduct, but I don't know what the public health orders state in Victoria, and there is potential for something in the um, in the public health orders that it probably would say that he's not supposed to mix yeah, with somebody. Who's because there's, I don't know. Um, with you know, with no disrespect to you know people suffering HIV, there there are laws, isn't there? I think if you know you have not HIV and, and, and you spread it, it got, it got rescinded three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So maybe yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm not up to speed, but there were laws around that, like you know, if you were spreading that virus, that was a very you know there was a law specifically against that, and maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult because obviously you you know you don't you don't want people to hide the fact they have corona. That would be terrible. But corona shame. Yeah is is there is there some sort of way we can you know more stick things where people people uh, uh, you know will will not dare you know go out when they're told to quarantine that type of thing. Yeah, maybe maybe anyway we'll have to wait and see. For next week and see where everything's at next week when we when everyone else joins the show again but before we do uh end tonight um this week's drink i'm continuing on what i told you guys last week um i'm still doing dry july i haven't had an alcohol drop of alcohol for 15 days now and i've been doing pretty well i do miss it but i have been going on a juicing diet so I'm going to give a shout out to um, Green Street Juice, which has uh, stocks in a shop here called Holism Health in Kings Cross, Potts Point. Um, and I'm drinking tonight Gotham City, based on New York. It was inspired by New York juices, um, and the woman came to Melbourne, and she's from Melbourne and lives in Melbourne. And she created this uh, brand called Green Street Juice Co., so that's green with an E on the end, by the way. So it's quite delicious. Um, I am absolutely starving. I am so hungry. But all day long, all I've done, Nick, and I'm showing you on screen, is I've had yeah. juices all day. All day long. It's, I had a cauliflower juice for dinner. A cauliflower juice. It was. It oh, tasted good, so though. Healthy. It had, it had uh, garlic in it and spices and everything. So I'm on a juice kick for three days. So I'll let you know how I go. Lovely. Um, and is that available nationally, that juice, or is it... Yeah, if you go to Holism Health, just Google search Holism Health. Mm. They can deliver to you. Um, starts from $99, and you get about eight juices a day. 
Uh, you can do, I think you can do two, three, and five, and seven or something. Um, but yeah, they, they have great juices. And they, they have this, um, this shot, which is ginger and turmeric and chili. And it's a tiny little shot. And you take it, and let me tell you, Nick, it would have cleared that throat tickle that you had the other day. It would have probably killed Corona. <laughs> what about you? Can you now that you're in lockdown? Is there anything that you can tell us? Like, has there been any joy to your life in the last? <laughs> how long has it been now? Like, is it ten days? So, um, I just want to give a shout out to all the traders in Grave Street. Now, that's if you ever sort of come to Melbourne as a tourist. It's sort of a very popular um, area. It's yeah. that it's that sort of quintessential Melbourne laneway with all the little cafes and alfresco dining and and all that. You know, you would definitely see recognise it if you saw footage of it. Um, I, I live a hundred metres from there, and um, I I just saw some amazing teamwork and cooperation between the businesses there. So the place I went to to get lunch. The I got a coffee with my lunch. The coffee cup was actually the leftover cups from the shop three doors down. And then whilst they were making my sandwich, the the store owner from the shop next to them came over with a load of cucumbers and said, look, I'm, I'm not going to need these. Um, you have them. And I just thought that that's just so inspiring Lovely. to see all these businesses, which the, it's absolutely, you know, destroyed their businesses in that area you know it's all tourism and, and office workers of which they're all not there now um so they're really doing it tough and it's just great to see people coming together and supporting each other so um yeah big shout out to um the 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 cafe shop owners of central melbourne that's great amazing well that's another show for this week and uh we'll be back next week with another episode so you can contact us and please do so at left or right at nickandcarrington.com. That's left or right at nickandcarrington.com. We'll see you next week. Thank you.